0: Love Talk Radio Playing Sports City Chefs From Amazon Music Yeah
1: Woo Let's go Y'all need to sit back Listen, enjoy the ride Tip something, light it up, enjoy the ride Cause the Sports City Chefs Is on the night In the kitchen cooking up, they on the ride. Sport city, sport city, chef, chef. 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 Sport city, sport city. Chef. Yes, Lord, we got a brand new present. Joe Biden, we riding. I pray you haven't said. Word from the wise, my people stay ahead. Of. Come on, I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it. Case goes from cold to hot states. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse MF Doom, the clouds loom. to so tell a friend, it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Chef. Yeah. Cabbie. <laughs>
0: Todd the cat uh, 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 took off the blazer loosened up the tie stepped aside the kitchen timeless is alive sports city what's going on I still love the way that Cavs and Ties tore that down because they still ended it on Connecticut and I will start the show off of that I'm going to end the show with that as well sports city stay tuned we got a little word from our sponsor and we're going to kick this thing off please hold this portion of our
1: program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEF for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at PHIapparel.co. That's PHIapparel.co co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last.
0: Shout out to Barry Jordan and the Jordan family, Mr. Larry Jordan. I will never forget you. Give you a moment of silence. Thank you. And also, I just lost a real close friend of mine yesterday, too, so this is a, a heavy spring. I'm rolling into it. March and April going down, but the show must go on. Got to cage everything, dealing with every storm. But there's umbrellas in the world, raincoats too. Sunshine will be here soon. But Sports City, there's a lot of stuff to jump into. Like I said, the way that the the song ends, beautiful stuff to get into. I I don't even know how to kick this thing off cause there's a lot of buzz going on. But I can't get this thing started without my co-host. I have Mr. Harvey in the building. Mike, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning?
2: Man,
0: I'm doing good. Happy Easter to you, my brother. Happy Easter as well. Um, Thank you. Happy Easter to everybody out there in the world. So the first thing I'm going to get into is, no, nah, I'm going to save that for last because this stuff is getting crazy out here in the world. But I'll give the appetizers first, get into some little orders and then Andre kick this thing <laughs> off and then shut this thing down. First things first, in the UFC world, we've seen a career come to an end as Gilbert Burns, finishes Jorge Masvidal's career in the octagon. Um, everybody knows about the buzz with him back in the days when Kimball Slice started buzzing and having DVDs, so on and so forth. He got his career started. He's fought so many different times. He's not old, but he's long in the tooth in the UFC. I don't think it's over for him, but I knew that this would be a critical fight due to both of these guys basically fighting for the city of Miami. Both of these guys are Miami guys. Um... Just knowing that one is a brazilian one is uh you know spanish culture and uh one guy has to win one guy has to lose um unfortunate situation burns came out on top and was more or less the one that people didn't want to win i think the aura around jorge masvidal was what the people in miami wanted however gilbert burns brought that fight to him and was tearing jorge masvidal up and um the one thing about Mazdaor, he didn't take too much like showing damage, but he took a lot of damage in the uh, octagon. But nevertheless, a warrior that we can never forget. Been doing this for over a decade uh, inside the octagon and on the streets as well. Definitely heavily respected. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the fight? Uh, if you got any information on it, or your, your thoughts as well. I mean, you said it, man. You can't always get what you want. (laughs) And so
2: uh, people in Miami did not – this was – I mean, it was decisive. But, uh, as you said, much respect to Jorge and and what he has put together as far as in his career on the streets and in the octagon. Uh, Definitely a legend and somebody that that will be talked about and go down in history and, like, somebody that – Will be thought of and spoken of fondly when talking about uh, past fighters and you know and, and different fights and over the course of uh, the UFC and MMA in general, uh, we, you know, hey, Gilbert took the fight to him, wasn't uh, wasn't intimidated and handled his business and did what he was supposed to do to uh,
0: you know live to fight another day. But uh, you you put it well. Also, knowing that uh, Jorge Mazadal is a little bit older, uh, in his 30s, do we start to see more of the names that we're used to in the octagon start to, like, fall or more or less, not to even say fall, but end up retiring soon, too? I know the Diaz brothers are around that age as well. They're continuing to get fights, but it's like, are they, you know, anticipating or having that discussion in their corners as well? Um Interesting enough, I, I really think that there are a good amount of people that are in this network, but still, you know, this is their life at the end of the day, making that money. And the, the one thing that, you know, I question, I'll say I question, I don't want to say I didn't like, even though I didn't like it, but I'm going to just say I question it, is uh, the way Masvidal tried to showboat at the end of the fight. You know, basically everybody kind of had an uh, inkling that if he lost, he was going to retire, and then it kind of went to... Oh, I I made a multi million dollar career, so on and so forth. I'm good at that. It's like don't do that. I'm like you don't have to bring roses to yourself and then started shouting out the the Senator of Florida was there or the uh the, excuse me, the governor was there and I I think a, a president was there too, a former president, and trying to get the crowd riled up for him but showing love to the guys that were there. And it and it was like it's kinda like he's not even in that political realm. So I don't know if he was doing that to get more people to cheer for him because more of the people of Miami was in the building. That's really something that he represents because I watch a lot of what he does on YouTube. He, he's not like that outspoken enough. But in, in, all in a nutshell, though, do you think there's more people in the UFC network that will end up starting to fade or, you know, things of that nature and also like how he closed out uh, with, uh, with all of well.
2: Yeah, so unfortunately, the longer we're around, the more we're going to start to see people sort of fade out. Like, to me, I feel like, uh, you know, over the last few years, once we saw, like, you know, uh, GSP and Anderson Silva, that kind of started it, right? Like, and then more and more fighters that that we have uh, seen in our generation have continued to, you know, hang it up, Cormier pretty much. Uh, has hung it up over the last Few years or whatever and so yeah I mean I think we're going to continue to see these guys Like you said the Diaz brothers Are getting close uh, You know we talked about just a few weeks Ago Fedor you know I'm saying Like deciding to, to uh, Hang up his gloves and be done for good Too so yeah I mean unfortunately I think we're going to see more and then on the other Side of that then You know the exciting thing is is what new Blood comes in and like who Can start to prove themselves and and start to hopefully, uh, you know, bring in that next generation of fighters, to hopefully bring in the younger fans, and hopefully some of these new guys can do things, excite us enough to really make us stop, look, and listen. When i pass, I make them stop, look, and listen, you feel me? So uh, we'll see if we can uh, get some some, some, uh, new generation fighters that can do that, right? And then the other thing I would say is, you know, I think that when you've put like more than a decade or something into this business and you've you've done this for a long time, like there's gotta be like a wave of emotions or things sort of hitting you, maybe kind of a sadness, maybe sort of a uh maybe relief, but just kind of a sadness or like a, even a kind of feeling of loss like what now when it's all over and so maybe in like the initial moment, um the way to do that was to try to showboat a little bit, try to get people behind. Hopefully, like, maybe some cheers or some of those sounds or waves can kind of maybe uh, help pull you up in that moment or whatever. That's the only thing that I can think of is, like, at the very, very end, there's maybe sort of an empty feeling until you, instead of just sort of falling into that abyss for a minute, you sort of try to uh, combat it or whatever and just try to use whatever you can around you to to help you, like, to lift you up a little bit. So uh, that could have been part of what happened at the end, because you're right, like,
0: for all of his posts and everything leading up to that, he's not that guy. Definitely. So we will see how a lot of this stuff pans out, but, you know, I can't even lie. Like, um, I thank God for life, you know, and for everything that I'm able to go through in life. But, um, you know, at the age that I'm at and then seeing other people, start and finish their careers and are younger than me, you know, or just remembering when this happened and their careers are finally coming to an end. And whatever respected form, spectrum it may be, whether it's on the football field, the hardwood of basketball, things of that nature, just watching people's careers come and go. You can remember when these guys are rookies or in high school or no less. And just like I said with Jorge Masvidal, watching him street fight, and, uh, and and Kim was like this as well. Um, and watching these guys be, you know, memories at the end of the day. And we just got to cherish the moment that we have with Jorge Mazador. I definitely applaud that all of the entertainment that you brought to the game. And once the Diaz guys, you know, end up, you know, trying to call it a wrap on their career, which would probably be within a respected. I don't even want to put too many years on it, but I'll say two to four. I don't want to say five, but it can happen because you had guys like Randy Couture and them fight into their forties, well into their forties. So, I don't know what's in their cards, but it's just interesting, and, and thank God for the moment, you know. So let me not get too emotional on people's careers, so on and so forth. There's another interesting situation. And, again, I go back to the song that kicks this show off. It's a Connecticut uh, from Taj. And um, the crazy part about Connecticut is it's is a partial. It's a partial, but Alex Pereira fighting out of Danbury, Connecticut, even though he's a Brazilian guy, Um, he ends up losing his bout in the octagon to Israel Adesanya in a redemption situation in which these guys have history, but in the professional ranks, this is their second fight. Um, But nevertheless, we did not think that this would go down like this, but this is real redemption because Pereira, in their amateur career, has knocked out Israel, and then they got into the professional ranks and he stopped them uh when he just basically gassed out in the fifth round now this was in a second round in a clear knockout like no winded situation no you got the advantage cuz your legs are hurt or you know none of that it was clear stand up toe to toe and making this about in which the game plan to me i feel like um Israel definitely did his homework and he talked about it in the, the fight i don't want to give too much of it but um he did not let Alex lean on him, and I know that was what gassed him. And that's I think those are the real reasons why he lost both to Jan Blachowicz and also losing to Pereira, is the guys are naturally bigger than him. If they could just grapple with him, wear him down, that takes a lot of gas out of the tank on him. Throwing his kicks, throwing his strikes, throwing his punches, his elbows, this, that, and the third. This this time Israel had his, his weight and not being held, not being grappled, and definitely kept throwing his hands and, and his – strikes and clear caught him with a a good right and um tried to pound him out to basically get the stoppage the referee was there to break it up before it happened and um the way he like did the celebration like he had a bunch of and arrows and was shooting them on the the canvas was interesting in itself um people have good you know ideas of making things happen i don't know if you know the media will be like the taste of so on and so forth I, I can still remember Caleb Plant doing that to Darrell, and he was digging a grave around him. So it's interesting because it's all competitive nature. I actually like the celebration because they are in a warrior sport, but nevertheless, I could just understand, I, I would definitely wait to hear if there's any feedback about it behind it. But, uh, Mike, your thoughts on about between Adesanya and Pereira, and do you think there will be a part three in this madness of a rivalry? I mean, I think
2: it's possible you see part three, but I think I don't think we go straight to that, right? Well, I mean, we'll see, but I think there's probably gonna be another fight in between, uh, most likely. But you know, Vegas tried to tell you, uh, you know, even though I won the first fight, uh, Israel was still the favorite yesterday, and so, uh, you know, the interesting thing was is um, he has not had. As many knockouts. So, if I had actually laid money yesterday, I probably would have bet on Israel, and then maybe hedged that bet a little bit by betting on uh, Alex for the knockout. Just you know what I'm saying? Like, but uh, Israel took care of business, and like you said, uh, did his homework. Didn't allow, didn't allow him to lean on him. Didn't allow, you know, him to clutch and whatever, and just kept kept uh, kept landing stayed in space and kept landing and, and made it more difficult. So, uh, you know, watching him make those adjustments—that's what great fighters do. They make adjustments. They they come back. They readjust. And you know, we've talked about this before. This being a this being a combat sport. This being a anything can happen. Styles make fights, which is why he went down the first time. So, how do you adjust? And how can you uh, come back from this? And Israel clearly had a game plan and was able to execute it, right? So, and took care of business in this in this fight. So, you know, what happens moving forward? I, I think that you could see them hook up again, but I, like I said, I don't think it'll be next. And as far as the celebration thing, that's funny. You mentioned the Caleb Plant, and that's what i always remember. Uh, but we can't have it both ways, right? Like these guys especially when it comes to, like, MMA or boxing. These guys are riled up. These guys are full of aggression. These guys are going out there trying to, uh, I mean, in the spirit of sports and shit, yeah, but you're trying to knock this guy out. You're trying to take this guy's head off or submit this guy. You, you know, it, you are charged up. And so, yeah, when you win or you uh, come out successful, when you think about all the work that these guys put into to being there, this ain't golf. We gonna just walk away and give it a golf clap and go sit down, maybe drink a little bit of uh, water and chill out. No, like these guys are uh, working for months, a lot of times away from their families and whatever else, uh, watching their weight, like, um, and in a lot of ways, putting their health at risk each and every day in that gym, sparring and whatever. So these guys are putting a lot into it. So, yeah, these guys walk away with a victory, or prove somebody wrong or get revenge after being beat the previous time or whatever, like, yeah, people need to be able to celebrate, you know. Like, it ain't no disrespect, but, you know, we talked about earlier in another sport this week. But life is about, you know, these sports are about competition and trying to be the better person at the end of the day. I mean, and how many of us even on playgrounds, right? Like, T.P., you played, ran 3-on-3, 2-on-2, or whatever else on the basketball court growing up. You hit a shot on somebody, or block somebody's shot, or steal to make a steal, whatever. You gonna let them know about it, and that's what kind of builds character. So, you know, good on him. If there's repercussions, like, you know, like people need to grow up and understand, like, you can't have it both ways. These guys are charged up with aggression, ready to go. You want to see them lay it all out on the line in the cage and do everything to like try to entertain you, and then. At the end of the day, like, there's a drop. Like, at, at the end of a fight, there's a drop. And so if you don't, exp- you know, you, can't, you can't, like I said, they're going to expend sometimes emotion or let the rest of it out by celebrating and whatever else. And, uh, you, can, you,
0: you know, hey, they're human. Please don't talk about me in those sports because I am the worst one to put the mirror in front of almost – especially basketball or football. I'm the worst. I was the one talking junk on anything. If I got a tackle or a sack, I'm talking. If I lay somebody out on a, a crackback block, I'm talking. Like, basketball was the worst because <laughs> I tried to emulate my game after Larry Johnson grabbed my mind. He always would jaw or scream after he scores, so I'm the worst. No, please don't. not in any sport because I'm the one that would be the guy getting in trouble. I can still remember my senior year in, in school, um, I was talking so much like I was making tackles, and um, the ref came to me was like, stop talking to him. Halftime came. It's like, if he say one more word, we're kicking him out. Because I was, I was literally going crazy in the game, and, and I couldn't be stopped. And the running back was my cousin. So I literally was talking to my cousin, and it's like they won't even let me get that out. But I, I know how it is, and, and knowing the competitive nature uh, in everybody's body, no no matter who it is. It's like you want people to be perfect and get a good hit and just walk away keep their mouth shut or hit a three from half court and don't say nothing or get a steal that ends up stealing the game and not spike the ball or when the buzzer sounds or like there's so many different scenarios that we achieve something that we want to let people know. Like this is from warrior tactics. This goes back to back in the days when hieroglyphics were on the wall. People won, they celebrate. Like I don't get it quick enough so I can say this as quick as possible. Like the XFL, I'm a fan of the XFL. I finally watched my first game of the XFL. They even allow big hits. And, like, if they get up and scream after a hit, there's no flag being thrown in like conduct. They know that they're taking away from the game in the NFL. The XFL is exposing that and um, keeping the fun right back there. If the NFL keeps it up, people will probably start to transition toward the XFL. Now, nah, it won't be bigger than the NFL, but I know people will have more fun watching the game. And this goes hand-in-hand hand with the celebratory situation with Israel pulling this off, too. So, Job well done. I haven't heard anything yet, but I could just imagine it happening because people want people to be perfect, and I doubt it. And um, it's just a whole other nonsensical situation that they want to address to, I guess, be a a better sportsman, if you will. But um, nevertheless, like we were just mentioning, I, I hope it doesn't go straight to the third, but I would not be mad at it because Pereira actually defeated Israel interesting enough and he got caught with a hit and that's the wild part about being knocked out is that potential could always happen again after somebody finds that button um unfortunate situation that happened to roy jones once roy jones got knocked out by tarver almost everybody that he fought was getting knocked out so this same situation could happen in front of perera too if he's not you know on his game and you know, getting better at his craft, so on and so forth. He's definitely going to have to protect it because as soon as somebody gets there, that could be that button sealer and he'll continue to fall. Um, Incredible stuff, incredible fight. And um, this doesn't say anything just yet. This month of April is just beginning. There are a lot of fights, including Tank uh, Davis and uh, Ryan Garcia about to fight. There's a lot of fights coming up. Uh, Canelo's having a fight too. um, And, and what he said uh, just recently, as of this week, he is gunning for Bavar. He wants the rematch. And to me, I don't think he should do that because heavier than him, and Bavar exposed him like crazy. And um, what he was saying was if he gets to land his power shot, he thinks that he could damage Bavar. But Baval's undefeated, younger than him, and is a straight bull and was coming forward. I don't know what Canelo could do differently in the next coming months. I think he wants to redeem himself because uh, he has a big name. I can't even say had with a D because uh, I got to respect Canelo because of what he's done. But this is this is that gladiator stuff and, and trying to find that warrior with inside themselves. So job well done to the guys that were just mentioned, especially, you know, Jorge uh, Masvidal's career coming to an end. Israel redeem, redeeming himself. I'm wondering who's in the cards for him in his next fight. Um, but more than likely if Pereira ends up fighting him, uh, what is it, is April if it did go into the summer, it would be insane if they can get part three. But I want to see who ends up fighting anywhere if he sits on the belt for the year and it comes up to another fight later in the year or next year. But we'll see. We will see. Okay. Now, this is interesting enough, Sports City. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of postseason on the brink. The NHL is getting ready to get their run toward the Stanley Cup. The NBA is. Uh, I don't even know how to, like, set the table for this, but today is the last day of the regular season. All 30 teams play. The worst part about today for me personally, my cousin is a principal at a high school, and um, he also has, like, hands in with the basketball team. Their high school is taking the kids to the next Sixers game, and this could potentially be one of the round games you know, in the playoffs, and i like, you know, a lot of the players probably won't play, but the game is at 1 p.m. today, and it's like I could go, but, uh, of course, my family is having Easter dinner, so I can't, I can't go, and it's like I know my family would be like, why are you going to Brooklyn for Don't go to Brooklyn. Go watch the game. I'm like, I don't want to go. So this is, this is me personally pitying myself, like, on a, a good holiday to see the family, but nevertheless, Mike, the postseason is in front of us. Uh, especially the Western Conference with seven through ten. Uh things can change by today. So a lot of these teams probably will play, um, due to the the way that the standings may end up panning out. Five through nine in the West can change today if things fall out into play. Your thoughts on how this thing is looking in the NBA this season has been definitely incredible. The parodies everywhere. The the Golden State Warriors won the championship and it don't even feel like it, even though they are strong, you still can't overlook them. Cause they still have the same characters of Steph, Clay, Draymond, that, that nuclear still there. And of course the mastermind of it all was Steve Kerr, but they're in the middle of the West. They're not even like the ones that people are more or less saying you guys are the forefront leader to get back to the championship. There's so much going on. Katie's back. The Suns are looking strong. This is, this is going to be interesting. Uh, Mike, your thoughts before we jump into, like, the standings and how things work, like, all in all, in a nutshell, how the West is looking, we can get into the East as well.
2: Well, first of all, yeah, definitely have your Easter dinner because ain't nobody starting in that game. (laughs) it has got a scoring title, and this is a first-round playoff matchup. So, uh, you know, these guys settling in – in Brooklyn, like Brooklyn and, uh, and the Sixers. So, yeah, definitely definitely looking forward to that Easter dinner. But that's exciting uh, to know that those kids are getting a chance to go, you know, participate and go to a uh, basketball game. Me personally, I don't think I ever went to my first NBA game until I was an adult. So, But, I mean, you know, we talked about it for a while. We said this last week, too. Like, we felt like the 10 in the East were set. And then it was just going to be real interesting to see uh, – See how things turn out in the West. I'm going to wait till we, hit, uh, till we hit all the stands before I hit too much because I don't want to give nothing away. But it's just been crazy. Like, I think the one thing that I will always remember about this 22-23 season, TP, uh, is just how close they were. I mean, because if you think, like, you know, we do this almost every Sunday morning and we've talked about for the last few months how tightly packed in everybody was, 4 through 13, within two and three and four games or whatever. So, uh, and like you said, it's just unpredictable. Golden State coming off that championship, uh, you would have thought they would be the clear-cut favorites in the in the Western Conference, and they're not even going to be at home in the first round, right? So, uh, looking at, at this, it's, it's going to be so much fun to see, especially in the West, like, even more so to me than the East, because I think any of these top three seeds – even four seeds are, you know, are much more vulnerable to be upset in the first round uh, than than on the other side. So, uh, I think with everybody being so packed in, real tight, and with everything being so close, it just to me it foreshadows what should be a wild and crazy and very entertaining postseason. And if we, as we said many times on this show about different things, but especially about the NBA playoffs. To quote Tio, get your popcorn ready.
0: That is a complete fact. So let me get this popcorn dressed as best as possible. I'm I'm a butter fan for it, so get butter and salt on this thing because I'm about to go crazy. Um, listen to how heinous the freaking Western Conference is. This is this is the wild part about the West, okay, people. Through eight are not sealed. They're not sealed. You have a situation where the Clippers and the Warriors are tied, 43-38. and 38. The Clippers have the tiebreaker over the Warriors, right, which can change today depending on how the game goes down for the Clippers today. Um, then 7-8 to eight is a game that is basically a forefront situation because, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Lakers do play the Pelicans, right, in which, right, the, um, they're tied. But, okay, so that happened last night. Okay, so, but in which these two are tied, 42 and 39, the Lakers have the lead on them. If the Lakers lose, the Pelicans will replace them if they win and go to seven. And this could change place for home court and this play-in situation for the Lakers if this does pan out. But whoever wins this game could end up potentially being in the sixth seed or fifth seed. Because everybody's forty three and thirty eight right above it, so the Warriors could end up potentially falling down if they don't have the tiebreaker. This is a very interesting day to see how this does end up panning out. At least five through eight, these players have to play. LeBron, AD, all of them have to play. The Pelicans are gonna have to do what the best that they can. I really want to see Zion get back. They're saying that he's supposed to be reevaluated, but I doubt that he's back for the plan. But he should be there. Like like he's been sitting for far too long. He's been. Practicing for the past two weeks, and they need him. And this was him last year watching him play, and he came out on the court earlier this season and did a dunk that he didn't have to do because he said he missed playing that game against the Suns. He yeah, was the Suns, and um, he just wanted the Suns to know that they were there. And the Pelicans were off to a great start at this point in time. Now they're fighting for their lives to see where they're getting placed in this playing situation. So this is incredible, at least looking at the the whole West, but one through – Four are locked in where they are at this point in time. But nevertheless, this this is a great story. I'm telling you, this basketball has been so great parity across the board. And this is just the Eastern Conference. Um, Another story that I do want to get into in the Western Conference, the Dallas Mavericks lose. They are being investigated by the NBA, and I think this could get heavy because they're fighting for playoff position. They tanked to try to get a better draft pick. They sat Kyrie completely out. And they only let Luka play the first quarter while they are chafing a postseason. And um, the game came down to the last shot. They needed a three, and none of their big stars or superstars were on the floor and uh, left them everybody scratching their head. And this is the team that was one of the teams in the Western Conference that represents the Western Conference final. And the Mavericks fell off this far by getting rid of some pieces, so on and so forth. They are not back. They said that not only was I speaking about this throughout the week and last week, Luka trying to address getting traded to the Thunder, he is addressing that he can get traded in 2024. He is actually pushing the envelope. If the Mavericks don't get this thing taken care of now, I'm talking about literally in this draft and free agency in the summertime, they will lose probably one of the biggest pieces in Mavericks history. I am a Luka fan, but I want things to happen like you know as organic as possible i want them to build around him. he also has to you know sacrifice a little and not think that he has to beat everybody off the dribble and if it doesn't work kick somebody the ball with like six seconds left and it's all, it's like hot potato basketball like something has to give and jay the kid having a strong personality i think he should be able to do better because he's been in a lot of situations as a player and now as a coach as well going from brooklyn milwaukee to now in dallas they don't have time. They might not have an excuse if they lose Luka right now. And you already have Cuban talking about bringing Kyrie back as well. So this this could be messy within the next 365 days. They better take care of the first quarter of those days of the 365. Mike, your thoughts on the Dallas Mavericks missing the playoffs, especially with sitting Luka and Kyrie at a critical time.
2: So let me start with uh, the West. First of all, the Clippers – beat the Lakers again, so they got tiebreakers all day over the Lakers. Uh, Golden State plays the Portland today, I believe, to close out, and so the Lakers have tiebreakers over Golden State if it were to fall. At the end of the day, the Lakers have tiebreakers over the Pelicans, so Lakers win, and then if uh, Golden State and the Clippers win, then the Lakers become the 7th seed, but you're right, it's going to be Lakers, Pelicans, uh unless Golden State and the Clippers fall today. Because our Clippers lost, the Lakers win, but still put the Lakers, even with the Clippers. So the Lakers could not rise any higher than six. But I believe that Golden State will take care of Portland today. Um And so you probably see Lakers-Pelicans 7-8, winner of that game, being able to advance. And like you said, if Lakers don't win and Pelicans win today, then they um, – then the Lakers end up having to go to New Orleans for that play game. And then loser of that game, of course, plays the winner of the 9-10 game, which is what? Minnesota, Oklahoma City, huh? And then that's what we got in 9-10. And then you look around uh, the rest of this, around the rest of the league. I that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. And you're right about Dallas. Like, so, to me, it's a couple of different things looking at Dallas, like, They go get Kyrie, and I think maybe they somehow believe, like, okay, with Kyrie and Luca, kid can figure this out, and this team can be, like, have a chance to really push for a Western Conference title. And as you said, like, this is a team that just last year was in the Western Conference final. So what a quick fall from grace. And, like, why you didn't even try to get into the play-in or whatever when you had the ability to do so, kind of strange to me when you look at how much parity there is in this Western Conference, it makes you wonder if you just know that you don't have that team that can compete and are you just like throwing in the towel based on the moves that you made last summer. And so I agree with you. uh, But the other thing I want to say is I I think that Dallas has to figure out for sure how they want to construct this roster. Like you said, let's take care of the first I must, like you said, quarter these days, so over these first 90 days between now and first week of July, what you going to do with the draft, free agency, um, even if you've got to make pull a couple of trades or whatever, what are you going to do to try to surround this guy with the right talent to be able to win? You cannot, if you're Dallas, I don't care who your owner is and how much people like playing for you or whatever else, This is not like one of the most desirable teams to go to in the NBA. It's not a bad team to go to, but it's not like uh, you know they got it. They've won before, but you know this isn't a historically great team, Uh, and so you gotta you gotta get this right. You can't afford to lose Luka Doncic without really. You know, you better be real creative if you're going to, as far as rebuilding your franchise. But you want this is a guy you mortgage your future for. So what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to make this work? And this is a very critical next 90 days for the Mavericks franchise to figure that out. But also, that being said, Luca, you're not you're not Shaquille O'Neal either, and you don't have Kobe Bryant to help carry you. So at the end of the day, too, this is on you as well to come back to show up at training camp and to start the season in shape. Don't be using the season to round into shape. You know, like you're supposed to be a franchise, like pillar cornerstone type player, a guy that this franchise can be built on. Uh, So don't be trying to use the first part of the season to round into shape. Do the things that you need to do. If you want to be great, then do the things that you need to do to be great. Otherwise it don't matter where you get traded or what roster you are. You're going to end up with very similar results. You start belly and now about not wanting to be there. Uh, Listen, you never really made out the first round, second round of the playoffs over the last two years until finally last year. Then you finally make it to the conference finals, and then now you want to complain about, oh, I miss Jalen Brunson. Uh, You know, did you push to try to keep him there last summer? You know, who knows? But, yeah, Dallas got to figure this out, but at the same time, like, it's as much on the players too to show on the player to show up and be ready to go as well.
0: Historically great. I question, I might have to give a little pushback because Dirk came in in what 97, I think like 97, 98. And really they were getting a lot of 50 win seasons. So yes, that's there for Dallas. Like I want to say the nineties and before that, like, you know, Dallas was struggling, but since Dirk has been there, there's kind of been a precedent for the Mavericks to kind of bring at least a playoff contender there. Like, they've had one season and got bumped, and it's always that narrative of figuring out what Dallas is going to do at the end of the day. I still can remember when Dallas got bumped as a one-seed losing to an A-seed because Donnie Nelson knew the show, you know, and it's incredible that Dallas is back in front of the situation. Luca, I am pained to say this right here and now, but... I don't think it gets any better for Luka. I think it's over for Luka to improve. Luka has a heck of a crossover. He can post you up. He moves at his own pace. He can shoot the shot how he wants to shoot it. What else can he improve? I don't I don't know what else Luka can improve other than to sacrifice and move the ball. And I think that he could play hero ball because he's an awesome player, but he's not a hero player. He's not. And they lose games once he starts pulling that. And now it's kind of... They have to retract their steps. I wish they could say sorry, but they won't because the NBA is a, business, is a business just like other situations. How much do we blame Porzingis? Should they say sorry to Porzingis? How much do they look at Dinwiddie and keep Dinwiddie? Nobody mentions Spencer Dinwiddie and how much he meant to that team last year on the run that they made. Do they say sorry to Jalen Brunson and not paying him because now everybody wants Brunson to be back and Luka's talking about he misses him a lot? Dallas is in a haywire situation. They brought in, like Mike said last week about Christian Woods, he was another big that everybody thought would help turn that around for not. He's not the guy for them. They're going to have to go into the draft and try to get a big. They brought JaVale McGee in there to be a big guy for not. He's a, a piece to the puzzle. He's not a big staple in the fold at the end of the day. Dallas has so much to get done, a lot of people to recognize that was there, and it just didn't work out with Luka being there. Um Again, Luca, you're awesome. You're one of the great players in the league at this point in time, but I don't see it getting better. Um, I could care less if he's in or out of shape. He could run into it because we've seen James Harden do that, be out of shape and get into shape quick. These guys have millions of dollars. They can get in shape in a week or two. That's all they need to do is just get their lungs together and they're back at it. But Luca's situation is definitely difficult, especially with him and Kyrie since Kyrie's gotten there when they played together, I think they are five and 11 together and they're trying to bring Kyrie back. Dallas is in a tornado right now. I don't know how they fix this. There's so many pieces all across the state of Texas. Cause it just got blown up in the worst way. Uh, Dallas may be on the outside looking in for a while. Cause every team in the West is getting stronger and better. The parodies across the board and Dallas showed their hand last year, got rid of the pieces and they're on a the rebuild again. Like, I, I don't know what they did. General management, the fingers being pointed at you, Luca. You're, I don't know what you can. If you get better than what you are right now, Luca, I'll tip my hat because you've already done a good amount in the game right now, and you're young, and you're young. But we will see. Uh, that this is just speaking on Dallas alone. Um, let me, never. Uh, let me respond to that. Go, pu- let go. me
2: respond to that pushback a little bit because. Uh, uh, what I think historically great. Now listen, if Cuban calls and he throws the right contract at somebody, yes, yeah, somebody's gonna go. But when I'm talking like historically great, I mean teams that have won uh, or that have hung multiple banners. Uh, you're right. Once Dirt came in, Dallas has been like a winning franchise year in and year out. Um, but what they they won the title in what eleven? When over LeBron in Miami. Uh, Have they won any more since then? Is is that the only title they've had there? Whereas at least Miami being an expansion team that hasn't been around as long has multiple uh, titles in Miami. They had, of course, they had, um, they had one before LeBron came down there. But when I think like historic franchises in this league, I'm thinking like Boston, which a lot of people don't really want to go to Boston like that anymore. That's why they got to rebuild through the draft. But like uh, Lakers, Knicks, you know, uh teams that like I guess were what I would call like uh desirable destinations or that have like winning histories, multiple banners up in the ceilings or whatever. Uh even Houston's got multiple banners though it's been a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like so uh I, I guess that's what I mean by historically great. Yes, they have been a winning franchise for many years, but uh very few people outside of like uh the Dallas area. There are some, but very few people outside the Dallas area like
0: probably just grew up wanting to play for the Mavericks like that. Okay. but And and just what I'm saying, like, because they won the West outright regular season, got a couple of number one seeds as well. So, like, that's why I'm like, watch what that, you know, was being said. I get it. They only got one championship there, but this is off of the back of dirt because they never really put together a team like that, and Cuba just got there. Cuba's not that old of an owner. Like, they just started – to, like, really recognize on building that franchise into something. And um, with Luka coming there, especially with the international game becoming a thing, um, they have to keep that there. If Luka leaves, like, I think that would be probably one of the more catastrophic situations in sports, not even just the NBA in sports, of him being this young, end up going to another team and probably making that team if he does lead a forefront leader in whatever Eastern or Western Conference team that he's going to end up joining because it more or less will probably be a, a super team unless he goes to, I don't know, Portland, and it's just him and Dane. That'd be tough unless they start bringing more bigs against, other than Nurkic. So I, I don't know. We will see how this does pan out. Again, they have 365 days to get this together. Definitely uh, from April to October to figure out this portion of 2023, 2024 season upcoming with the draft of free agency on the brink. So, Again, we will see this, See how this pans out, at least in Dallas's backyard. But nevertheless, Texas have other teams in a, a fortunate situation. I think the Spurs may end up being one of the lottery picks to get Victor Wimbiamba. But I don't think Victor Wimbiamba is the piece to fix the Spurs. I think he's going to definitely be an awesome talent. We have never seen seven-foot-four with handle, jump shot, post-play, this, that, and the third, and he's this young. But um, I don't think he says he's popped that much. But it will be interesting to see his game be brought to the mm-hmm. NBA, and uh, hopefully people can brace themselves. Um, keep in mind, this pick Dallas, before, go, outside go
2: the top ten. Dallas better hope those lottery balls fall just right too because if this pick mm-hmm. is outside the top ten, they lose this pick to the Knicks uh, as still fall, uh, blow blowback from that Perzingis trade. So they better hope it's in the top ten than they get to keep it.
0: And also to add to that, too, I'm stuck in Dallas, too. Um, There's beef in a family in Dallas. Well, not really directly the families in Dallas, but um, Tim Hardaway Sr. and Tim Hardaway Jr. are going at it. Tim Hardaway Sr. said both Luca and Kyrie are not leaders. He would never want to play with them. And Tim Hardaway Jr. said he does not agree with his father. He's a 1,000% wrong. He said especially Kyrie. And this is the beef there. He said Kyrie's a leader. So I wonder if Tim is looking at Luca and he didn't say Luca that was a leader at all either. So this is interesting that Tim Hardaway Senior started this up with Tim Hardaway Junior giving people the to raise their eyebrows on what's going down deep in the heart of Texas. So um moving right along into the Eastern Conference and then we're gonna end up getting out of here soon too. Um the Bucks are holding the one seed, the Celtics are at two, uh the Sixers are at three the cleveland cavaliers are at 4, the Knicks are at 5 and a lot of this is looking like it's going to stay put. The nets are at 6, the heat are at 7. it won't it won't change unless the hawks and the raptors can change. I think unless they uh if the raptors if the hawks are owning the tiebreaker they stay still cuz there's a 41-40 here. I think if the if the if the raptors win they both be 41-41. It depends on how this pans out. And I got to tip my hat to the chicago bulls cuz the chicago bulls Wanted outside looking in. They did not look like they were going to be in ready. And they are now here at this point. Everybody from the Wizards, Pacers, Magics, Hornets, and the Pistons are out. And the Pistons look like they, I think it's the Pistons and the, yeah, the Pistons have the worst record in the NBA. So the Pistons may end up getting went beyond, but they may have more lottery balls in the situation. But Mike, your thoughts on the Eastern Conference before we get away from basketball, on how this is interesting enough with a matchup that we're getting ready to see with this coming week.
2: So, you know, we we kind of talked about this, the top three being locked. uh, Cleveland, New York, that should be a very interesting first-round series. Good on Brooklyn, man, being able to, even after the trades and after all the, you know, smack being talked about, the organization, whatever else being able to hold off the heat, get out to play in, and get a first-round series. It's going to be interesting to see how they hold up. You know, I don't expect them to beat Philadelphia, but I think they'll compete and play with them in the series. Um, You know, the heat, every year people talk about, can they contend? But, uh, you know, hogs heat in that one game to get into the seventh seed. Okay, you win, you get Boston. Uh, The loser then plays the winner, Toronto, Chicago. And listen – Chicago looked really bad at some points throughout this year. Um, but, you, listen, you still don't have Lonzo Ball. They've had some injuries and different things. I don't care if anybody says. Yo, Billy Donovan can coach. Uh, and so Chicago has a chance. If not, you know, the winner of them in the Toronto will play the loser that Hawks-Heat game. Keep in mind as we talk about these play-ins, too, that, I you know, they've been doing these for a couple of years. And I believe now – More times than not, the loser of that 7-8 game ends up losing to the winner of the 9-10 game. So uh, that's something to watch moving forward as we get into this uh, playoff uh, picture throughout this week, this week coming up. But, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how this pans out. To me, this is a very still – it's going to be interesting to see how it falls, but unlike the West, this is a very top-heavy conference. I believe that there's a very good chance that the top 3 seeds advance out to play, you know, and then you see the Cleveland New York winner it'll be interesting to see how that series kind of shakes out. But to me this is a top heavy Eastern Conference. Can there be an upset? Sure. I don't expect one where I believe things are going to be crazy in the West, but at the same time, even if it does pan out the way I'm thinking it's going to, I think the second round should be very very entertaining. Listen, uh don't miss Boston Philly You know, that's a rivalry that goes back many, many, many years to uh, 40 plus, like really longer than that. But like in my lifetime, uh, we've seen a lot of Philly, Boston back in the 80s with Dr. J and Larry Bird and all that back and forth or whatever. So to see that kind of rekindled again uh, should be very, very entertaining in the second round. And there's a lot of animosity between those two cities anyway. They're kind of rival cities. So Uh, It could be very, very entertaining if they both take care of business and move on.
0: Same kind of nastiness in both of those cities, too. Both of these fan bases do not play any games. Interesting thing I'm looking at, I think the Knicks could end up upsetting the Cleveland Cavaliers if they're not, uh, you know, on their P's and Q's. The one thing about the play-in, would DeMar DeRozan play spoiler to his former team, the Raptors, with the 9-10 matchup? That would be interesting enough because he would have to go be the enemy Across country lines in Toronto, because Toronto would have home court uh, if this does end up panning out right. Depends on if the Raptors could win and the Bulls lose, and so on and so forth. But right now, has it set? Um, DeMar Rosa could definitely play spoiler in this situation. Uh, MVP situation: Embiid ends up winning the scoring title for the season. Jokic and Embiid are at the top of the MVP situation. They're saying Giannis is third when you're speaking of these three guys right now, Tatum's in the discussion as well, but they're saying he's like four. Uh, how do you feel about the MVP discussion with these guys? Do you think Embiid has put himself in front? Does Jokic hang on because he's in front of this near triple-double season? Your your thoughts on on these monsters before we get away from basketball? Man,
2: like, it's hard to really, because cause to me, the, I also look at, like, best player on the best team, and, like, Milwaukee being able to clinch the East, uh, you know, I still got to give Giannis a long look. I I always said I'm going to wait until the season's over before I 100% uh, vote on it. Um, I I definitely don't give it to Jokic, so I I just don't, like, I don't think that this year, this has been a really good year for him, but is it any better than the last two? And has he really, um, does he stand out to me? No, not necessarily. Like, good good season, but he don't really stand out to me over the other two. Uh you know, I kinda lead Embiid, Uh but I want once again I wanna sit and look at Giannis's numbers again once the season's over and and really stop and think about it. But I I probably go either Embiid or Giannis. I ask me again <laughs> Wednesday night when we do the Carlos Cookout. Same as plug, nine o'clock Eastern on this uh very same network. Uh but and I'll probably go Jokic third and I agree with you, Tatum fourth. And once again, no no shade to Jokic and no disrespect. He's had a good season. But I don't believe in Denver, you know. And so uh I, I'm really impressed with what Embiid's been able to put together again this year. And once again, Giannis when everybody's kinda gunning for him. Uh a really good season for him and, and I I like the numbers that I look at and just watching him play. Uh, you know, he there are times that he looks like the best player on the floor. So uh, I, it, it all depends on when you ask me as far as Embiid or Giannis 1-2. Uh, I might tell you differently in an hour, but Jokic 3 and Tatum 4.
0: I don't know what to say about the situation. Embiid is in back-to-back seasons winning the scoring title. What else does he have to do? um Giannis's stats are gaudy these guys are on the run at one point when 15 straight like going crazy especially with a break in his hand also that's another thing to look at as well so these are the incredible situations that's actually going on within this mvp race you can't even overlook what Jokic is in front of we are in front of history with Jokic. if he could get a third back to back to back and you know the nba loves the storylines especially with him at this point in time where he's the one that people like he's a fan favorite so I don't know how the NBA is going to end up weighing If the Jokic has done his work too. Um, I, I don't know if Embiid if comes up short. It's kind of like how James Harden was going through it in the early portions of the 2010, where we thought Harden was doing just enough, but he kept getting clipped by either Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook. The list went on and on and on until Harden finally got an MVP trophy. Is this the same situation that Joel Embiid is facing Why, he's unstoppable at this point. He's finally figuring out how to go bury himself in the paint and take shots when he needs to, not just to play the loafing basketball, sit around a three-point line and just throw up shots. Like, he's actually making you pay and having 50-point games and so on and so forth. Embiid is doing work to be recognized at this point in time. Either one of those three I would not be mad at, but I feel like NB may, might edge them. And, I, and I, doubt, I doubt if they even play today. I doubt if any of these three play. But if they do, I, I wonder which one does play and comes up with a big game to try to get that last little hoorah on his bid for the trophy. Okay, so we're yeah, winding down. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Nah, nah, nah.
2: That's why I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they will. And if, if they do, it would be
0: specifically for
2: that to try to, like, that one last campaign but everybody's seating is set, everybody knows where they're gonna be next round. And all these teams have uh you know, their sights or ambition set on playing for titles. So I, I don't think we'll see any of those three today. I agree with you.
0: Okay, we are winding down on time. Um Major League Baseball is underway, uh, as of the past couple well, I say the week and a half, just to be fair enough. Um I'm going to start from the National League and work my way to the AL. Um the West it has I'll, I'll do the I'll do the West first. The Arizona Diamondbacks, the Padres and the Dodgers are all tied at 5 and 4 with their respective records. And at fourth it is uh well not really tied. They have the same win total. Being the San Francisco Giants are three, three and five, and the Colorado Rockies are three and six, rounding out the bottom of that division. The A and L Central is being led by an interesting Milwaukee Brewers team. These guys are putting up runs in a hurry. Um, they just lost their first, well, a recent game out of last night. The they're six and two. The Pittsburgh Pirates are five and three. The Chicago Cubs are four and three, staying above five hundred. Hopefully, they can keep this thing going. The Reds are three and four. And the St. Louis Cardinals are rounding out the bottom of the NL Central, of um, um, you know formidable place for the St. Louis Cardinals. I do think that this is early. I think they got the potential to turn it around with the names that they have there. Respectively, we have Mr. Harvey in the building. His Atlanta Braves are six and three, sitting atop the NL East. The Mets are five and four. The Phillies are three and five. The Washington Nationals are three and six. And the Marlins are three and six. And funny enough. And the Marlins, two out of their three, came against somebody I love dearly. Coming into the AL. The AL West starts with the Angels turning this thing around. Early enough, they're 5-3, sitting on top of the division. The Texas Rangers are 4-4, four and four, sitting at 500. The Seattle Mariners are 4-5. and five. Thank goodness for their last couple of wins. They won two in a row and knocked off the Guardians. I was watching every last bit of that. The Astros are 3-6. and six. I've been watching them. Catch a little backslide losing their last series, or the last two games at least, well, in the series that they're in right now. And to round out the bottom of the situation in the AL West, I feel very bad for you guys, the Oakland Athletics. Um, my father was a, a partial A's fan, but he was definitely a Yankee fan. He only liked the A's back from the 70s because he was a big Reggie Jackson fan. Oakland, shame on you. I hope they leave. I'm sorry, and I don't. I don't want to be rude. I'm not meaning in this in any type of way, but I hope the Athletics leave. Again, I mentioned it, and it's declining with the people that are showing up. They had a game this past week where 3,407 people attended that game, where 11 games in in Triple A had more fans in the stands than the Oakland Athletics. You don't want to support them. Y'all ain't gonna have a team in Oakland. It's Terrible. It's terrible that this is what it's looking like. But uh, I had this discussion Wednesday in the cookout. Catch that show. You'll hear me passionately bury Oakland. You already lost the Raiders. You're going to end up losing them, and you all lost the Warriors. You're going to have all sports leave that area. Um, the AL Central, uh, the Twins are sitting atop 6-2. and two. Uh, The Guardians are 5-4. and four. The Chicago White Sox are 4-5. and five. Uh, the Kansas City Royals are three and six, and the Tigers are two and six at this point in time. Bad situation for the Tigers. They are facing injuries, and people are leaving the organization at the same time too. I love Detroit in football. I do not like them in baseball, but it's sad to see the way that the Tigers are slowly falling back to the way they were from like yesteryear. Um, and to bring the interesting part of the conversation is the Tampa Bay Rays are the hottest team in baseball. Eight and zero have not lost. Since the start of the season, this is one of the hottest runs in baseball history to start out a season. The Yankees are five and three. The Blue Jays are five and four. The Red Sox are four and four, five hundred, and the Orioles are four and four as well, rounding out the bottom of that division. And this is the best division at this point in time in baseball. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the respective teams and divisions that we just mentioned?
2: So, a couple of things. If I had told you going into the season that you would be six and two, eight games in with no Polanco and two total RBIs between Buxton and Correa. You would have told me I was crazy, but you take it. Uh, You know, looking at this Twins team, Joe Ryan pitched well yesterday, Sonny Gray striking out people like they're going out of style. Uh, You know, Houston uh, striking out enough to to help uh, air condition the dome, even though they don't need any extra air. It's cold already in Minneapolis, but – it's not even a dome, the open-air stadium. But but Houston kind of air conditioning it with all the strikeouts over the last couple of days. Twins off to a fast start. And the thing about it is that's really cool is it's your bench. Uh, it's guys that are that you picked up to be death pieces that are helping carry you right now. Kyle Farmer, Donovan Solano, guys like that, that once you get all your guys back are supposed to be your bench guys and your death guys, uh, but guys that have played multiple years I've been in many situations in this league. So the Twins have done a good job putting this together. As long as they can continue to pitch and keep guys healthy on the mound, uh, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how this division unfolds. As we talked about earlier, you know, such a um, – still real early and lots can change. You know, the Braves came off the sweep of St. Louis but then lost their the previous two to the Padres. Lots of injuries in Houston, lots of injuries in Atlanta, lots of injuries uh, in a lot of these cities. So stay tuned. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how things continue to unfold. But it's just nice to have baseball back and in full effect. Uh, Teams all over, you know, games going every day, something happening, you know, in baseball. It's been fun to see, like, you can't turn away for as long anymore with these pitch clocks and everything else. And then I think the other thing, to just to point out that I, I think it's fun, you mentioned uh, the A.L. is looking like the best division. Uh, the fun thing this year, too, is everybody playing everybody, so you're not going to be as stacked against 18, 19 games in your division. You're going to see every team in the major leagues this year. So that's exciting to me. And uh, You know, as we come out over the next few weeks, we'll continue to, you know, hit Sanders and talk about what's going on in the league. But, uh, you know, I'm glad we have um, tonight on Sunday night Atlanta and San Diego. Um, see if the Braves can split or if they drop three out of four in their fo- first home series. You mentioned the Brewers have really started off quick, fast, in a hurry this year, scoring runs. St. Louis shut them out last night for the rubber game of that series. And the White Sox, man, like they look like I got some time. Boy teams have been hanging some runs on them the last few uh few games, so uh just real interesting to see. And then you mentioned Detroit right there as far as the, the youth there people leaving that organization. This is the team that's just still trying to figure it out. I think the uh the twins and the Royals are still a ways away, um, in that division, but you know, lots, lots of baseball happening, and it, it, it's fun to have the game back. And it's also fun to see a little bit more action on the base pass, too. So,
0: that's what I got for you. He is watching Twins baseball. This guy is knowing my players and what's going on. I was actually mad as ever that we picked up Kyle Farmer because it's like we got infielders. We don't need him, And this guy already got a walk-off. And they're saying the addition of him to the clubhouse, is bigger than what they expected. Like he brings a lot of, you know, past history and, and what he's bringing to the game. And is a, a a person that's trying to prove a point. Also Gallo, Joey Gallo's actually been hitting the ball too. So the one person that I'm waiting on, cause he's one of my favorites, but he's fell off for the past two or three seasons is Max Kepler. And he's on the IL right now, been hurt. He's on the 10 day IL right now. And uh out the gate, he's only two for 16. He only has two hits on the season. So one was a home run. So, of course he still has his slugging ways, but um he's gonna have to get back out here and be an impact player because the players on the twins are putting it together right now. And I could of course be biased because I watch these dudes every doggone day. But um nevertheless, everything in the AL. I do wanna see the Angels remain healthy again where Mike said if this pitching could stay solid in Minnesota, Minnesota can be a threat and I feel like they're doing it right now. I it hurts me to it pains me to say this about the twins. I keep falling back into the love. But um it actually is better with Miguel Sano gone. Sano um, was wasting at-bat striking out, couldn't even, you know, other only contact he could make was a bomb. If He, he couldn't even hit for, like, a base hit, like a, a single or double. Like, if he did, it was very rare. And nobody in the MLB is trying to touch him. And this dude is a monster at the plate if he can catch one and is actually helping the Twins do a little bit of damage at this point in time too. Um, they could potentially end up sweeping the World Series champions right now, even though they're playing without Altuve, things of that nature, but still, yeah, you got to respect what they're able to bring to the table with Dusty Baker. And I'm happy that they're able to do this at this point, especially with this week upcoming, which uh, I may end up potentially being at two games as the twins come into town to play the Yankees. So I I can't wait for that um, this weekend. They have a four game set Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm potentially catching two of those. So, Stay in tune, keeping my fingers crossed. Hopefully, these do stay healthy, and like Mike said, the pitcher that I am worried about is Hente Maeda, uh, his first start back from missing the whole season. He's hurt already, um, but they just said it was just a cautionary situation that they pulled him out, but I don't know if he's going to get back on the bump soon, but we'll see Just he keep a close eye on the situation. Um, this is all of it in a nutshell. I'm trying to give y'all as much as I can because I try to cram this and hurry up and get things going for the day, but... Um, Mike, I need a plug, close out shout out. Anything that you like to promote as we shut the doors here at the brush. Man,
2: first of all, shout out to U T P man. Without you I wouldn't be here, wouldn't be doing this stuff. Uh and shout out to the other uh so much love and respect to you. Happy Easter to you, everybody in the POW, uh family and I know I know you got Taylors and other names in your family, too. So, happy Easter to all of them, man, from Connecticut all the way down to the Carolinas. And everybody's got some of your blood that runs through their veins, man. Happy Easter to all of you. Happy Easter to the Jordan Foundation, the Sears, and the and Simmons and Tana, my co-host for Roundtable Gumbo on Thursday nights. Check us out. Uh, so, happy Easter to everybody in the Sports Chef, City Chefs family. Anybody that's been part of my barbershop family on Clubhouse, uh, and anybody that's been a supporter and follower of us, help us to remember the reason for the season, be grateful for everything that we have. And check out sportscitychefs.com. Check out the blog, the websites, everything we got going on. I uh, usually have a football show on Tuesday nights, a cook cookout on Wednesdays, roundtable gumbo on Thursdays. And you hear us here on Sunday morning, Timeless and I with the Sunday, the Timeless Sunday Morning Brunch. It's just a pleasure and a privilege to be alongside and be able to share space with you every Sunday, my friend and my brother. I appreciate you. And uh, one other thing, don't forget about PHI Apparel. We did a little commercial to start here, but Co. Uh listen, get your Bryce Harper jerseys. They're saying he's gonna be back sooner rather than later. And so check him out uh check them out as well. Don't forget use the promo code Chefs at checkout, get fifteen percent off, man. But as you say in Louisiana, man, laissez les bontons roule, And that's what the Tigers said winning the uh championship this past uh Sunday afternoon. Go Tigers and uh Angel Reese and guy's gonna go to the White House. But uh go Tigers and uh and who that coming up? We got the draft coming up this uh, this week too. TP. So in the next three weeks. So looking forward to seeing what both of our clubs do, you know, as we move forward. But uh, once again, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, pleasure and a privilege.
0: Pleasure, boy. He trying to get it out, boy. He trying to rush it out. And look, he shouted out the whole family. Wow, I, I know they'd be happy to hear that. They probably high fiving each other and everything. And shout out to Michael Taylor. I got a cousin named Michael Taylor. There's a Michael Taylor on the doggone twins. That would be me getting that new jersey sooner or later. God willing, I hope I can get it before the game, but I doubt it. But um, I need that Taylor jersey because that's blood. Now I got a reason to get a jersey, the new Twins print. Uh, that is for sure. Shout out to everybody. Enjoy your holiday. I told you how the show started when Todd said Connecticut. Uh, this state is not done. The state of Connecticut is not done. In which yesterday in the Frozen Four, Quinnipiac University wins the Frozen Four for their first national championship, and they've been in and out of that Frozen Four for years. It could never bring it back to Connecticut. You had UConn win a championship last week. You got Quinnipiac bringing one back to the state of Connecticut in the New Haven area yesterday. This is an incredible time to be in Connecticut. And summer ain't even here. I can just imagine how lit it will be once May gets around. These kids start graduating and they're back out here Celebrating their faces off I surely can't wait Sports City Chefs Check us out We are doing things Throughout the week Shout out to everybody a Part of the family Y'all already know How this thing gets down Y'all get down to dirty Throw these pots of pans Around the kitchen Tell a friend to Tell a friend that this is Chefs again And if they don't know Now they know Sports City Sports
1: City Chef, Chef, Sports City Sports City Chefs chef. Sport chef, chef, Sports City Sports City Chefs Chefs Sports City, Sports City kaboom Sports City chefs is in the room Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon They well in tune, bloom like a flower in June Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom To so tell a friend it's the Sports City chefs again Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again Sports City, Sports City chefs, chefs The kid, ah. Uh.